Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light, and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at ResonantTruth.com. Today on the Zulkin Count is called Blue Electric Night, and it is the third day of the Red Dragon Wave Spell. And it is the Resonant Moon, day 27. So to wit, tomorrow is the last day of the Resonant Moon. And it's gotten a lot of airplay here. So I'll touch on it briefly and then we'll move on to anticipating the galactic moon that starts tomorrow. So in case you're relatively new to the podcast or new to exploring Mayan calendrics, just want to remind you that my show is just really a present moment exploration of the wave spells we're in. One wave spell is 13 days long and one wave spell is 13 moons long and a wave spell is just a um, anglicization of Mayan original time where they counted many many cycles that were 13 in length and they were I guess just really interested in time as a journey like that's how I experience it like time was not just a way to plan and time wasn't a way to record incidents time was uh, an adventure and so it is structured in our minds in the shape of a wave rather than a line so that we remember that life is like vital and really vibrant when we can recognize that it takes us to like a high peak of ascent or achievement and then we fall back down and a wave spell is just like one surging wave and then the next wave spell is another surging wave the wave surges to a peak and then it collapses just like the ocean waves and so I spend my entire half hour with you twice a week being pretty grounded in the 13-day wave spell, uh, the waveform that is only 13 days long, and then the wave spell of 13 months that are 28 days long each. So we spend a whole year in a wave form where time is building to a peak and then breaking. And that's about all I do. I encourage you to look at your handy wall calendar or app or some online resource if you're trying to figure out like what is today's astrology and I don't focus on that because 
who knows when you're going to listen to this podcast, let alone when I'm going to record it (laughs) and the time zones that go internationally. You can know that your day that you're counting as a day in your mind does start at midnight wherever you are. This is a cosmic experience. It doesn't matter about time zones. It's just sort of like when the Gregorian calendar flips. But you could think of it really on an experiential level. It's kind of like in the middle of your night's sleep, something shifts from one Mayan tribe to another. And that your whole waking day is really consumed by the energy of the tribe and the tone that are signifying what the day holds. So the other shorthand, besides wave spell being a weird word, if you're new, a wave spell is just a count of 13, uh, is what's a tone? And this is going to lead to a rant, but let me get the information out. The tone is the word that's like an adjective that uh, we use in the count of 13. There are 13 adjectives to describe the 13 stages. And that's because they are originally um, depicted as animals. Like, I think the resonant one is a monkey. So here we are, the count of 13 on the seventh moon of 13. Moon seven is monkey. Moon eight or tone eight is a hawk. So what that indicates is just like we're never in numbers, you know, no one's scratching numbers on the wall as we're used to for counting. It's more like imagery or iconography. And the Maya definitely did have a way of doing a numeric count, but it's more like Roman numerals. So... Today is the third day of 13, and it's three dots, like three little round circles in a line, like an ellipsis. That's how they denoted three. Two is two dots in a line. One is just one dot. And four is four dots in a line. And then five, the fifth, is uh, a line. All those dots are kind of connected and turned into a line. And... Originally, we would be dealing with like stones and sticks. You know, a little stone is one, two stones is two, three is three, four stones is four, and then a stick is five. And then six is a stick and a stone. So that's a lot like Roman numerals when we had to kind of memorize those when we were in world history, ancient civilizations in grade school. Wow, I've just given you so much like weird, abstract, mental concept. Um, It's kind of bizarre, like for me, all of this is so innate that it's like having uh, another limb of my body. Like I don't, I don't trip. I don't trip on all this weird stuff because it doesn't seem weird. It seems really original to me. And then I'm not like some kind of weird snob about numbers. (laughs) you know, like carving out a seven, uh, you know, I just, I do like words and I like images. So I appreciate that we have them. But I have this rant 
that's um, kind of coming bubbling up from deep within me. And this is for old timers. Like that was like, hello, I welcome you. I know it's complicated in the beginning. I've been there. And it's what prohibits a lot of people from getting interested or staying interested. But for those of us who have been interested a long time or come at it with a really um, voracious interest, everyone probably came through the portal of what Jose Arguelles teaches. And he's the originator of all of this um, Mayan ideology presented as natural time. That moniker is, is his natural time versus artificial time. And he came up with words like wave spell and his original way of resurrecting the Mayan calendars for people now was called the dream spell, the spell of time that's like a dream, which I'm down with. Uh, I like that. I like dream spell and I like wave spell, but I got really angry in a, you know, I wasn't like pacing the house in a rage, but just got like kind of angry and frustrated. And it almost is like it hurts or feels like a burden that I really do want to always kind of like push this out in the world and dangle it for people and see if they're interested. I don't feel attached to people being interested, but I think it's really interesting. So I genuinely want to share it. And I get embarrassed by words like self-existing. That's like the worst one to me, self-existing overtone. I'm born a blue overtone storm. And it's a cool word, but what does it mean to anyone, you know? And why was it chosen? And that's all comes back to Jose Arguelles, who, you know, had his reasons for doing everything. And he was a blue monkey and a blue spectral monkey. So his reasons were really um, iconoclastic and um, pushing past boundaries to sort of like dissolving boundaries. That's very spectral. And blue monkey is like the fabricator and the magician, but also just kind of like bouncing around in a silly way, maybe not as thinking about things as seriously insofar as like what is actually meaningful or translatable to someone who comes to this. What bothers me about self-existing is that it, it doesn't sound Mayan at all, and it isn't. He got it from his own pre-existing interest in Buddhism. So I like that Jose was really considerate of kind of interconnecting pantheon of world religions or philosophies so he kind of threw in something buddhist as i think almost a way to show the intersectionality but i was planning to do some public readings and i just thought god i i don't like having like a booth at a psychic fair or whatever happens getting people interested in my astrology and then telling them they're uh, a blue self-existing knight I don't mind the blue night part, but self-existing, I'm just like, how do I explain that? That's Mayan. So that's a rant. And I think there are a couple others. Again, I like the word overtone, but to say an overtone tone, (laughs) my tone is overtone, is kind of cumbersome. I'm going to go through in my head and remember the other ones that bug me. I'm pretty good with all the tribes. White mirror 
kind of bugs me sometimes, although it makes perfect sense. But I kind of just wish it were like white stone or white obsidian so that we really knew that the element, the mineral element of life is connected to that day. It doesn't bother me so much. I know we're not going to call it like the white sacrifice day, even though it's a human sacrifice moment. Um, I guess I'm, I guess I've made my peace with like the other ones just don't horrify me in terms of tribes. Like, yeah, you're this. It's, it's not as bad. I actually lean on that when I introduce people who aren't that interested. I'll just be like, oh, you're a yellow warrior. Not, you know, you're a yellow galactic warrior. Although that sounds cool. But why is that Mayan? Okay, so... And actually, I think it's sort of just the self-existing one that's the hardest to deal with. But that's like the last piece of what I'm describing here is just sort of the deflated feeling I have sometimes because I think, oh, well, why don't I just change it? You know, I don't think it works. Why don't I modify it? That's what Jose Arguelles was doing. He was modifying the original Mayan teachings. And I think, well, I just don't have the gumption, you know. <laughs> and, I, and it sort of um, separates or... It creates division in the movement, not like, oh, I hate Lisa Starr, she changed that, but more like, wait, I thought I was a self-existing over here, but you're saying that I'm a, f what would it be? I have a yellow self-existing seed daughter, and what is she like? She's just like focused. So you'd be like a yellow focused seed. So I'm, I'm just in that because I'm always wondering, like, why didn't this thing take off? I'm like, because it doesn't really sound Mayan sometimes. It's weird, you know, it's, it's not Mayan enough. But I'm a white lady, so I don't want to get into the original Mayan stuff and try to appropriate. I really don't. I'm very sensitive. Okay, so thanks for listening. And that's like just a nice culminating piece to the resonant moon in my mind, because in the resonant moon, we're doing a lot of channeling. And it is a time when people come back toward these spiritualities that aren't like accepted, venerated religions, like you kind of get out there and you get cosmic in the traditional sense of the word. So uh, I think finishing up the resonant moon with that like Man, I was such a channel this last 26, seven days. We all were feeling so connected to the ascended Maya, really able to just feel filled with that instead of my usual bloodstream. And that's my little small piece of grief that sometimes this is just so weird, but we owe so much to Jose for creating any entry portal for us moderns so I just try to accept him and well when we shift to the galactic moon from the resonant moon it's not a bumpy ride it's one of the I think most fluid tonal changes that we go through moving through the tones from resonant where we spend all this time being expansive and sort of non-physiological being more spiritual and feeling quite imbued with something that isn't just our 
uh, physical structure. Again, it's like being hollowed out of having um, our body cavity full of organs and instead having it full of inspiration. So it's very clarifying and peaceful in some ways and cleansing and I think brings us back to source and pretty holy inclinations. And that is a perfect feed or fusion with the next moon, the galactic moon, which is, I used to describe things probably more clearly, like the longer I do this, the more extravagant I get with my conceptual language. I used to say the first six tones are, you know, like you're working, you're, you're in activity. There's a lot to get through. And then you get a break in the resonant tone, the seventh tone, just like a Sunday is a rest day, a day off. So you're just connecting to source rather than doing busy work or trying to get somewhere. And then the galactic or eighth tone is just integrating all the first six stages of what you did. Uh, with the timeout that you got in the seventh tone, so that this eighth tone is just weaving those two disparities into one. The disparity being between really being in the grind of evolving and then kind of taking a break to just be spacious. When I think of a wave actually moving and for some reason I've been watching surfing videos like real ones of people that they just post like they're on the wave and I do find it helpful because there is like languor for a wave to start and then there's kind of like the sense of it it the water itself and the current pushing working fighting to rise and then there's this moment where it's so obviously harnessed, you know, like by its own velocity or its own power that there isn't anything to fight. Like it's not fighting resistance, it's dominating resistance. So I think we meet resistance when we begin a wave spell. And so we fight the resistance and then we overcome it and I believe that's what the overtone tone is is the moment of overcoming the resistance and becoming more the dominant force so the water overcomes gravity and water pushes against air into air and then uh, you just want to kind of maintain that and you do that you like get in a rhythm in the rhythmic or sixth tone sixth stage and then seventh resonant tone, you really are, like I said, on a break from work. The wave is still rising, but it's effortless. And you can put your attention on something else because the work has been done. It was successful. And now you get to rest the working part of you and be in the ride. And then what comes next, what we're about to enter for 28 days is kind of the buzz it's like one of the words is harmonize harmony 
for the galactic tone is to harmonize and you can just feel that like well I was resonant and I let all this sort of spiritual input take over where I was efforting before and now I'm just like creating harmony between the part of me that's in effort and the part of me that's in grace I think the word galactic is so beautiful if you really understand its etymology and it works so well in this description of this stage and in Mayan, you know, revisiting Mayan principles, it works, but it just sounds pretty modern. It's one of the words that bothers me because it sounds modern to people, but it's ancient to think about a time when the stars at night or the constellations or, you know, whatever, if people could differentiate between planets and stars back then, but when the sun sets and darkness sets in and then the lights of the sky are the spread of stars, that that is entertainment, maximal entertainment for an ancient world. And so that's what uh, the galaxy is. It's, it's like everything. It's this amazing unifying uh, sight in the sky and activity to be a participant in viewing watching recording and that creates harmony too that it's universal the sky and it's show it's showcase uh but then the etymology is about lactose you know galactic comes it's like whatever an etymological way of talking about the milky way that the word galactic sounds like cool and cosmic but it's just referring to the galaxy and the galaxy is a, a spray of stars that starts to look congealed into um, a spill of milk in the night sky that's what it is the milky way is dense star clusters or the density of a sea of stars that has been named as though it were the milk of the night sky and that word lactic galactic it's all connected so that's what we're entering we're entering a time of integration and when things are integrated <clears throat> people are less fragmented i have really you know come to such a deep conclusion wow it's like i'm not supposed to say it my voice is cracking and breaking <clears throat> i will say it the idea that I you know found safe harbor with for myself is just like if I'm going to go out where people are I need to wear my social worker hat meaning I need to be when they defund the police and they have only like people with social work experience being called to these you know gnarly situations so they can talk all the mentally unwell people down from whatever it is they're doing that stirs up so much controversy uh, or crime even, like, we all have to be that, and we have to do it for free. We're not going to be funded, but when we leave the house, we have to be ready to encounter mental illness all over the spectrum. A lot of us are pretty good at dodging severe mental illness, like, just take a different street or cross the street to get away from it, but then you stop in to, like, buy something at a kiosk, and you know, the person in front of you is doing something and you're overhearing it that just 
sounds crazy. Or you're that person because so many stressors just in your day caught up with you. And by the time it's uh, you're in the kiosk trying to buy something incidental, you're overly sharing or complaining about something too loud or demanding or you think the person serving you is dumb and so you're snotty and entitled and that's a form of narcissism which is a clinical you know diagnosis even though if we're low on the spectrum in the moment so we all have these habitual ways now of just being out of balance and not in integrity not integrated splintered fragmented broken and so the galactic tone is sort of the antidote for each of us and all of us collectively to the place of having broken down. It's when we repair and we try again to be integrated people instead of people that are split. I'm using all this cool psych language. <sighs> so it's helpful and I can't tell if all my clear, clear visioning about what I'm describing. Just like, you know, I'm an Airbnb host and last night I couldn't even like get to sleep by 10 without having one of these specific incidents of someone acting not integrated and functional, like even on my own property. And, you know, brought out like a not great functioning, you know, my the part of myself that's really impatient. I wasn't wearing my social worker hat at 9.30 at night for this person. I felt sour that I had to deal with it. But I can't get away from this like imprint right now that that's just what life is. Life isn't um, many permanently resourceful people that we have to be resourceful as best we can be sort of solidified in um, wholeness, holism ourselves, like fight in our own personal lives somehow to feel enough peace that when we walk out in the world and count other people that are splintering, we don't have to save them, but we just wouldn't engage with that kind of low-lying hysteria or dysfunction. We would just go, oh, okay, this person is splintering. That is the state of the world now. I don't need to be morally righteous about it. I can kind of skirt it. I can just acknowledge, you know, maybe from a more peaceful place inside me, like, yeah, that, that's got to be hard when you feel that anxious, the way they're behaving. And by the way, always being like, oh, I know what that's like. I do that. We all do it. We all lose our minds. Um and become the embarrassing one in whatever social or public situation that we can also see other people in that role. Maybe you don't. I can't imagine I attract too many listeners who aren't uh, pretty out there. <laughs> I just don't think my voice and content would be right for just people that are super pleasantly complacent. Another piece of this whole Mayan diatribe is just that the beauty of the calendar that we walk through that does change every day is that we get to kind of change our perspective and experience every day with these tribes, with these totems. I've talked very little about the red dragon tribe that we're in. I'll hit that in one second. But 
just think again, uh, moving through the days, you know, we started with Red Dragon, which is about uh, mothering, sort of the, the deity of the great goddess mother. And then it flips the next day, kind of harshly, I thought, to the father, the original patriarch, the great paternal divinity, White Wind. And that's a jolt. And then Blue Night is a time of dreaming. And then that's a relief. Like, whoa, I don't want to think about this dichotomy of uh, feminine and masculine divinity on Earth. I just want to dream. I just want to be in the surreal experience of, of the Blue Night. And then tomorrow will be Yellow Seed. And it's really grounded. And it's not cerebral at all, really, to be like a plant. It's sensual, responding to the weather, the season, and so on. In this red dragon time, I'll just hit you up before we exit here. It's the beginning of the Zulkin. I'll have more to say about that next time, I think. I'm just noticing beginnings, like, well, what's starting? What's coming my way that looks like, you know, conception, starting a new 260-day cycle, seeing some signs, and what also is practically, you know, but when something's born, it's kind of done, you know, it's baked. <laughs> like when you're talking about babies, I guess, human babies or any animal baby, there's conception that's not very marked. Like there's not a lot of proof of that. But when a baby comes out of the womb in utero through birth, like, hello, this is an achievement. So this is the wave spell of birth, and slowly or already, each of us can kind of point to, like, well, this is quite alive. I met my um, boyfriend, uh, or we started this part of the way of knowing each other pretty much 260 days ago, right there. And uh, super obvious that it's got form and autonomy, the connection. It's not amorphous and like, well, it's in there somewhere. You know, it's got a voice and it's got its own oxygen supply. So that's one picture of it. And of course, my house that I've been working on. So what's your version of that? Like look around and go, well, I did that, huh? This finally has legs. <laughs> this thing that I was sort of like corralling and trying to carry it's got its own life force. It lives. It breathes. It's left my body. It's its own entity. It's a success of some kind, an achievement. I think that's a beautiful part of the red dragon wave spell. Isn't really only beginnings. It's again, it's beginnings and completions or beginnings and fulfillments happening at the same time. And that's like maybe one of the big apocryphal pieces of the Mayan calendar, quote unquote, is that we always sort of want to pick it up and say it has an ending. It's the end of the calendar. It's the end of our experience. But that's probably just another projection that um, we recognize that life here on Earth for humans is frail or moving towards hostility for our species uh, so we're like, yeah, the calendar ends, but really we end. And the calendar ends and begins always. Their ending is beginning, as is everything that ends. 
<laughs> begins, right? And so I don't we don't really have any we have beginnings happening here. There's no there's nothing about the Mayan calendar that's ending that we're talking about here on this podcast. It's all sort of in its fresh beginning state again. But uh, a beginning is also just I've been released from some project that you know has its independence so I start again with a new one <sighs> yeah anything else anything else I just want to um, thank you for being a listener and remind you that I mean, I doubt I would ever have any advertising here, but I'm advertising my own readings. And I think learning your astrology from me directly is like being treasured. And it is very feminine, nurturing, and divine. Not that I'm necessarily that first glance, but I really love giving you everything I've got when it comes to what I know about your birth identification through these calendars so hit me up I have a daughter who's my exact guide she's a blue overtone hand and I follow her on Instagram that way I feel like I'm very close to her even though she lives another state away she is starting her own tattoo business she's a tattoo artist and she just plugs herself all the time and she makes it so inviting like I'm all, I'm not like god you're so self-involved and you're just shouting from the rooftops me 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 I'm like she has a voice and a power that makes it very seductive which I don't think I have <laughs> I'm not good at that um I always feel like I overdo it I'm like no I'm really a good reader because I don't like having to say whether I am or not. But I'm a really good astrology reader. I have a lot of knowledge and I care a lot. So don't forget that two people who listen or one person who listens and one person who doesn't, if you both book at the same time for separate sessions, they're only $75 for each session, which is half price. It's 150 otherwise. Don't forget uh, that in this red uh, dragon wave spell, every day is quite fresh and new, and, and try to pick up your calendar and follow the days as we move through them. Tomorrow's yellow self-existing seed. That's my other daughter. I'm going to learn a lot about her on the day and learn about the day through her and what she experiences on it and uh, move forward, and I'll be back in a few days with more Red Dragon and definitely uh, inducting this galactic moon that starts on Tuesday. I'm Lisa Starr. I am another yourself. And in my end, we say, in La Cache.